Psalm 52. And I just want us to read the last uh, four verses. We'll pick up in verse 6. Psalm 52, verse 6. Now, the psalmist has been talking about the wicked man that doesn't know God and how God's going to judge him. And it talks about that God's, God's going to judge the wicked. And in verse 6, it says, The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Going to laugh at the wicked man that thought he was just getting away with everything in life. And it's going to come to an end at some point, And God brings the judgment upon it. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a green tree, olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. You know what he's talking about? There's a contrast here. We didn't read the whole psalm, but in part of this, and we see it in several other Many other places in Scripture, a contrast between the wicked and the righteous, contrast between the ungodly uh, and the godly, a contrast between the man of faith who put, makes God his trust and the man who trusted here in this example, the wicked man just trusted in the abundance of his riches, right? And so there's this almost a little microcosm of the life of faith versus the life of unbelief. And one of the things we see was that David says, I'm like a green olive tree planted. When the Bible describes the life of a believer in Old, in Old and New Testament as being like a tree, that's one of the descriptions. The life of the believer. I put my trust in God. He says, I'm planting you like a tree. You're going to be strong. You're going to have roots that go downward. You're going to have fruit that goes upward. And it's going to be strong and it's going to grow. And it'll be, you'll be... Uh, nourished and sustained by the living water of the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God, which He feeds us upon uh, with. And so the, David says, I'm like a green olive tree. I trust in Thy mercy in verse 8. I, and and I'm, I'm going to praise God in verse 9 forever because He has done it. That shows a past of what the Lord's done in His life. And I will wait on Thy name. That's trusting God for the days ahead, right? For it is good before thy saints. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The, the righteous run into it and are safe and are saved. But the, one of the pictures about the life of faith, and we're talking about the life of faith today, okay? Living, getting up every day and walking by faith, all right? That is that it's ongoing, it's perpetual. This is, it's not just, oh, that was sometime back there I believed. We did believe at some point, but we need to get up today and believe. And in five minutes from now, we'll need to believe. And when you get a bad report on CNN or Fox News, something hits our country, we'll need to believe Him then. We'll need to, we need to believe God. We need to trust God. So it's ongoing. There's a longevity to it, the life of the believer. It's eternal. The Lord came, came to give us life abundant, free, and eternal. And it is a life of faith. Faith in Almighty God. Through, salvation through faith in Jesus Christ is not to be looked at as a quick fix. I was in a bond. I called out to Jesus. Now, kind of the dust settles. He got me through that little pinch. Financial difficulty, alcoholism, or drug, or, or He saved my marriage, or He healed my child. And I called out to God, and, and He helped me. Now I'm going to get back to life as I was before. And that's the way a lot of people look at it. 
9-11 hits our country. A lot of y'all remember. Some are too young to remember. And, and uh, there were prayer meetings every day. And there was people singing God Bless America on every TV station. And, you know, people mentioning the name of the Lord a lot. And God Bless America settles back down. And people go back to what they were before. But that's not what David's talking about. He said, I'm like a green olive tree planted in the house of my God. And I remember what you've done. And I'm looking forward and waiting upon you for what you're going to do. I'm trusting in your mercy. That's faith, right? The wicked man, he just, you know, God, he live, eat, drink, and be merry. And shake their little, little tiny fist at God and go through life in rebellion. And God finally deals with them and he's merciful. But he finally will bring judgment if they continue to reject him. And the, the righteous see it. And they say, thank God I know God. And thank the Lord I'm walking with the Lord. And he wants us to, but it's it's ongoing. And the life of Christ is not to be viewed at as a quick fix, as a temporary phase that I'm passing through to get me through a bind. I just want to read this scripture. Godliness, Paul says, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having a promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Trusting in God and letting God work in your life is profit in this life. It's not pointless in this life. It's profit in this life and in the life that is to come. Eternal life that the Lord gives us. And so a life of faith in Jesus Christ is new. It's not at all the life that I had before. And it's eternal. It's ongoing. The Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Nothing will separate us. Don't you know the scriptures over and over? Uh, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. It all comes about faith. That saving faith where we trust Christ. We believe the gospel. That he died on the cross for our sins. And I'm a sinner. He is God's only son. He rose from the dead. He's the only uh, payment, atonement, savior from sin. And that he's calling out for men to give their lives to him. Their salvation through faith in him alone. By his grace. And we come to Him and then that starts a new life. God gives us new life. And that life is not like the old life. And this life is eternal. And this is not uh, a passing phase at all. And so the walk of faith is going to be a pattern. So many things in life talk about our walk, right? It, it's a pattern. It's, it's uh, David said, my heart is fixed, O oh God. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. It's a setting of your heart. And I'm not going to be in and out and in and out. Sometimes we are up and down a little bit. Uh, but it's really a setting of the sails. It's a gaze of the soul, as uh, T. Austin Sparks calls it. A gaze of the soul upon Christ. A gaze where I'm just fixed upon the Lord. All kinds of things are coming into my life and out of my life. Here we got little children. Here our children are growing and getting married. All things happening in life all around us. But my heart is fixed on God. The gaze of my soul is on the Lord. He is my shepherd. He is my rock. He is bringing me through. I'm not going to be moved from trusting in the Lord. And when I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in God. And my faith is weak. I'm going to ask God to help me and strengthen my faith. But this is where I'm staying. He saved me. And I'm living this way and I'm dying this way. I'm going to go out this way because the Lord has given me uh, new life in Christ. And so the life of faith is ongoing. It's ongoing. It's perpetual. It's moving in a very specific direction, isn't it? A life of faith. Your faith in Jesus. Anyone that's born again, 
lived up 200 years ago or whatever, anybody that knows Christ and is walking with the Lord, our life is moving in a very specific direction. I know we're getting older. I know all those things. Life changes. But it's moving with God. It's going on with God. We're going from here to here to here to here in a very specific direction. We're not just wandering like a chicken with their head cut off, running all over the place without any purpose or direction in life. We might feel like that sometime, but we get our focus back on the Lord and His Word, and the, the Good Shepherd leads His sheep. And so we're going in a specific direction. The life of faith is empowered by a very specific power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. We have very specific uh, instructions and, and direction from the Word of God as well to lead us and guide us. And so it's moving. And it has an outcome to it. The life of faith in God Almighty and in Jesus Christ His Son, it has rewards. It has blessings it's a blessed life. The Bible tells me that. You know it by experience. But even if you're going through a hard time right now, or maybe a prolonged hard uh, time of, of trials and difficulties, you still know in your heart, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. It's worth it in the end. It will be worth it in the end. The Bible says, I always go to this passage in Hebrews 11, about Moses when, when he was of age. When he got to be a, a young buck standing on his own two feet he could have made the choice to grow up as pharaoh and in pharaoh's house and, and make probably many say the successor to the throne of egypt uh, or he could go with god's people who at that time were slaves and in bondage and in an earthly sense nothing promising okay but when he was of age by faith he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather, so he made a conscious choice to suffer affliction with the people of God rather to, than to endure the pleasures of sin for what? A season. We always have to remember that. There is pleasure in sin. We'd be lying if we said there wasn't. There is pleasure in sin. It's never as good as you think it'll be. And the devil paints the picture that it's going to be. Never as good as you think it'll be. And it is for a season. And when it's over, you have the guilt, you have the shame, you have the, the misery and the darkness that comes along with sin. Because the wages of sin is death. But he chose rather to suffer affliction temporarily with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, season because he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He knew in the end where that life was going to end up with Pharaoh and Egypt and their idolatry and the riches and everything that went with it and Almighty God Jehovah, the God of Israel and what He had promised. He made a choice. And we make that choice by faith. It's not only saving faith, it's getting up every day and walking with God by faith and making those choices. And uh, we keep moving on. We, and the Lord keeps us moving on. And so uh, there's a reward to, to the life of faith. The greatest reward of the life of faith is Christ Himself knowing Him. The Lord told Abraham before the, the covenant was fulfilled about Isaac and all that, when he still was childless, yet he had been promised by God, he trusted the Lord by faith. He said, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. It's me. 
I'm your reward, Abraham. And all these heathen around you, these Canaanites that, that are worshiping idols, they don't know me. They don't have me as their reward. You do. I'm your shield and your reward. And he still fulfilled the covenant as well. So your life of faith, walking with God, there are rewards to that. There's an outcome, a very specific, definite outcome to it all. Okay? And the life of unbelief has an outcome as well, doesn't it? There's an outcome to that life. That ought to move us to minister to the lost, to try to reach the lost for Christ's sake. I know that uh, some in our church have been memorizing scriptures and uh, they memorized Psalm 1. The last two verses of that, that psalm says, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. It's just not going to happen. When it's all said and done, the ungodly and those that died in their sin refusing Christ and God's offer of mercy and forgiveness, they are going to die in their sin and there is an outcome for that. They won't stand in the congregation of the righteous. They won't be part of that united group that's been washed in the blood of Jesus and are blessed and enter into the joy of the Lord. They're not going to be part of that. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. It's a way of faith. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. So there is a there is a end end game. There's an end result to the life of faith. We don't always feel it. Sometimes we just see what's in front of us, and we're discouraged, and we're depressed, and we're sad, and we're hurt, and we don't like it. We don't like our circumstances in life right now. But you know, we can like God. We can love God. We can walk with God. He's going to bring me through. This circumstance is not all that there is. This circumstance is passing in time. It came to pass. He's going to get me from here to there. I'm not going to abandon the faith. I'm going to keep my eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ because He's promised me it's going to be just like He says in His Word. And guess what? It's going to be just like He said in His Word. It's going to be exactly like He says. It's going to be wonderful to know God and to walk with God. And so we're talking this morning, just a little while, about a walk of faith. It's an overcoming life. Now, I know a lot of times, again, we don't feel like overcomers. We feel like we're under and everything's going over us. We're like, we're the, you got to scrape me off with a spatula. Get me off the ground. I'm so low right now. We don't feel like overcomers all the time. And yet, it's, Christ has already overcome. He's not working to, for a position of victory. He's already seated at the right end of the throne until the earth, you know, his enemies become his footstool. Uh, he's got it under control. And I'm in Christ. This is just part of his plan. This is part of it. We walk through life because there's others that need Jesus. And they need to see Christ in you going through some hard things. And that it's not you, but it's Christ in you that acts and reacts and lives. And they take knowledge that you've been with Jesus. And they're going to say, what's the reason for the hope that's in you? And you say, let me tell you about my Savior. That's why we go through trials. That's why we're still here. And He didn't bring us to heaven the second you said, I do to the Lord. To give your life to Him. Because it brings Him glory. And He's not willing that any perish but all come to repentance. They're going to see Christ as you live a life of faith, not as you live a life of unbelief. Okay? And same for my life. I love this Scripture. We know it, but 1 John 5, 4, I'll just read it. For whatsoever is born of God, you're born again, right? Whatsoever, if you're not, you can give your life to Christ today. I pray that you do. For whatsoever is born of God 
overcometh the world. And then specifically, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So that's it. He's telling me right there. It's not my strength. It's not my spiritual perception. It's not my this. It's not how I feel. Praise God. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our faith in Almighty God. Our faith in His words by trusting Him. And so, we're talking about day by day, living by faith in Almighty God. Walking in step with the Lord. I don't have to see a hundred years ahead. I don't have to see ten minutes ahead. I just have to see Christ. And know that I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. Because if you're where you are supposed to be right now in Christ, and you're not straying, you're walking with the Lord, then in you know, five minutes, in five days, five years, 50 years, 500 years, you'll be where you need to be as well. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So the way means he's, He can get me where I'm going. I'm staying in the way. I'm staying with Christ. And He gets me where I need to go. I love this scripture. It's in the Old Testament and New Testament. But it's first in, in uh, Habakkuk 2, four that the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We live by that. It is a walk of faith. We live in His promises. We live trusting and believing in the Lord. We know the passage. After all those are mentioned in Hebrews 11 that, that did such miracles and overcame and God used them by faith, it goes on to say, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, it's those that have gone before. It's those that it's Abraham that's mentioned in Joshua and Enoch and all these in Noah and Sarah and these that are mentioned in that chapter and others that we don't even know their names. And we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, but people that lived after the Bible days that lived for God. You know what I'm saying? We're surrounded. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us or entangle us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of what? Our faith. That's telling me how to live. The just shall live by faith. I live very specific. It's very specific. Okay? It's not different for you than it is for me. We're all looking to Jesus in that sense. We're all going to the same Bible. And we're all got the same Genesis to Revelation. We all have the same Holy Spirit living inside of us. We all have sins that have been washed in the same blood of the same Lamb that died for us. Who has the power to bring us where we're going. The power to give eternal life. We're all trusted in Him. This walk of faith is exciting. This walk of faith is, is sure. Okay, it's life as opposed to death. It's, it's totally unlike the other life you lived before you knew, knew Jesus. If you don't know the Lord, I pray you do come to know Him because He wants to give you an incredible new life. You thought you were living before. Wait till you come to know Jesus. And your sins are forgiven. You have liberty and freedom and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful way to be. But it's not like the life we lived before. The Bible says Enoch walked with God. Remember we, we talked about it last week? Enoch walked with God by faith. And he was not, for God took him. That's an amazing thing. It's exciting. 
But he did that by faith. It tells us in Hebrews 11, by faith, Enoch was translated. And so he walked with the Lord. He pleased God. And nothing compares to knowing Jesus Christ. And nothing compares to being in Christ. And nothing compares to walking day by day with the Lord. Like holding His hand and being with Him. And you're walking to a job interview or you're walking to take a big test or you're walking into the hospital and you know someone's in bad shape and you maybe someone close to you. Whatever the situation, knowing that you're with the Lord. I'm with the Lord right now. I'm going to this hospital room with Christ. He's going with me. I'm going to pray for them to be healed. But I know God's with me and He can heal them and can raise them up. Is There's nothing that compares to that. There, a lost man doesn't have a clue what you're talking about. They can hear it in their head. They don't know what you're talking about. It's impossible for them apart from coming to know Christ. But walking in the light of His Word, pick up the Bible and read it. It's exciting. Walking in the power of His Holy Spirit where you feel weak. Like I said, somebody can push you over with a finger. You're so tired and worn out. And, and you're mentally tired. And you're physically tired. And yet God gives you strength by His Spirit. And you didn't pass out today. You made it through another day. You didn't forsake God. You didn't throw in the towel. You didn't act like a heathen. You trusted God. You praised God. You kept living for God. How did you do that? You did it by faith. But God strengthened you and empowered you to do it. And if you feel weaker tomorrow, He's going to do it tomorrow as well. That's trusting God. That's a walk of faith where the Lord helps us. And I praise God for that. Walking with the one true living God, there's nothing like it. And that walk is a walk of faith. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles. I want to read this, uh, this passage in Luke chapter 5. There's a lot that can be taken. A lot of sermons can be preached. And I've preached on this passage before on different things. But I'll tell you what we're to look at today. Uh, let's read Luke chapter 5, 1 through 5. And it came to pass that as, as the people pressed upon him, pressed upon Christ to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, that's Peter, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. That's an old Anglo-Saxon word which means for a haul, to, to draw something up. Let down your nets for a draw to see what you're going to draw up out of the water. I want to read the first half of this next verse 5 and then stop. Simon answered, saying unto him, Master, we have told all night and we have taken nothing. I want you to stop right there. You know the rest of the story. We're going to read it. But I want to stop right there because at that moment, we saw the picture. Jesus is teaching. There's so many people about to push him into the ocean. He says, I'm in a little breathing room here. Uh, he looks over. Here's Peter and John and, and Andrew and James, the, the four fishing, two sets of brothers. And they're cleaning their nets. They've been fishing all night. And they're getting ready, you know, to, to pack it up. They have packed it up pretty much. And he says, let your, let your boat offshore a little bit. And he got on the boat. He began to teach the people from the boat. 
And then when he was through speaking, he turns to Peter. He says, let your boat, let's send the boat out into the deep and let down your nets for a haul. Okay. Uh, at that moment, Peter had uh, a choice, didn't he? he? He's not a robot. You know what I mean? He's, not, he's a human being created in the image of God. And God's testing him, and God's growing him, and God's loving him, and God's helping him. But he had a choice to make. And Peter had a choice. Just picture it in your mind. He could do what he thinks is best, what Peter thinks is best, what makes sense to him, what, um, what's best in his own eyes, what he feels like doing. I'm sure in his body he was tired. Because he, he said, Lord, we've toiled all night. I mean, it says it all right there. We've worked hard and we've worked hard all night long. He's cleaning his nets. The boats are on shore. And he can do at that moment what he thinks is best, what he wants to do, what he feels like doing in, him, in himself, or he can obey God by faith. That's the choice, right? And this one over here, what he feels like doing, what makes sense to the wise old fisherman, you know, uh, what's, what... what seems right that seems like it far outweighs this over here jesus is over here and he says launch your boat out to the deep and let down your nets for a haul or for a draw and and that was his choice right there he's going to do what he wants and what he seems right he's going to obey the lord and that's the choice y'all one or the other for us it, well, practically every waking moment of our lives. Is it not to do... And I'm talking about as Christians. I'm not talking about even as a lost person. As a believer, you've given your life to Christ. You've trusted Him and Him alone. And he saved you and given you the gift of eternal life. You belong to Him. Salvation is not a question at this point. But every day getting up and doing what God says or what I want to do is a question. And it's constantly a question. What I think is best what seems best, what I feel like doing, what I want to do, what other people tell me I should do, what the uh, experts, financial experts tell me I should do, everything, what I should do, as opposed to what God has called me to do. But the life of faith, that's, that's where the faith comes in. And that's where we grow in that. So the choice is always there, but it can get to where we're more consistently walking in this life of faith and not just doing what my flesh wants to because we come to learn God. We come to grow in Christ. Not only a life to believe on Christ to be saved, but to walk with Him day by day at every crossroad, at every decision, at every disappointment to obey Him in all things. We don't obey the Lord in the things we'd like to obey Him in. If we're going to obey Him, we obey Him in all things. And that's something we learn. And we grow to trust Him, to allow Him to live His life through us. Amen? And so that's, that's the, uh, the decision that we all face, and we all face it constantly or continually. What will we do? What will you do? Will you do what God's called you to do? Believe Him, though I don't understand, but I know God's calling me, or I'm going to do what... This just makes sense to me over here. Well, the Bible says that by the wisdom of the world, what makes sense to the world, they crucified Jesus. So that's the wisdom of the world. 
by the wisdom by the world's wisdom they crucified our son of god okay i don't want to live by that wisdom the just shall live by faith and i just want to read this i read it in our first uh lesson on faith when we started this series it's a quote from r.a tory it's not an actual definition it's his description of faith i think it's a good one faith he says is to believe god to rely solely upon or have unhesitating assurance of the truth of god's testimony even though it is unsupported by any other evidence and to rely upon and have unfaltering assurance of the fulfillment of his promises, even though everything seems against fulfillment. Is that not, is that not faith? Is that not just a wonderful description of faith? I'll give another quote from Tozer. He says, faith enters when there is no supporting evidence to corroborate God's word, God's word of promise. And we must put our confidence blindly in the character of the one who made the promise. Now think about it. If some, somebody you didn't know or somebody that you knew was dishonest, you just knew him. There's a, this guy, you know, is just a liar from the word go. And he makes you a big promise. You're not going to stake your life upon what he says. Okay? But God's character is different. And it says that we must put our confidence in the character of the one who made the promise. And God's character is impeccable. God's character is perfect. God's character is He's never let anybody down yet. And He's not going to. Not only has He not and not going to, but the Bible tells us it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. He cannot. So if He's made the promise, He's going, He can keep it and He will keep it. What are we going to do? God's calling us to a deeper life. Everyone in this room, He's calling us from where we are. And you say, well, I have a wonderful walk with God. I say, praise God. But He wants to take you and me from where we are. And He's always calling us deeper. And that'll never stop. Well, I'm 85 now. I think I'm going to put on the brakes now, kick on my heels and sit in the lazy boy spiritually and just coast on out. No, He's calling us on. He's calling us on until He calls us home. And He's calling us to a deeper life, a deeper communion, a greater joy, greater peace, greater power, uh, greater knowledge, everything. But it's going to happen. In, in order for me to get there to that deeper walk with God, it's going to come by faith. So let's look back at Peter. What will Peter do in this situation? Look back at the second half of verse 5. We've, we've told all night and taken nothing I always noted there that there's not a period there. He's telling us we fished all night and taken nothing, but there's a pause and not a period. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Hallelujah. Can I ask you, are you going to let down the net? Are you going to do what God's called you to do, even though you've told all night and taken nothing and you've found no results to what you think it should be, but God's called me to it, Am I going to do it? I will let down the net. And when he had this done, hallelujah, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they might come 
that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that was with him, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which, were, which he had taken. And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee. Anyway, he promises from now on uh, in verse 11, and when they had brought other ships, they, I'm sorry, when they had brought their ships to the land, they followed all and forsook all and followed him. And so it came to, uh, from a catch of fish to a spiritual thing. God always wants to do that as well. Lord, I got fever. I need you to heal my child's about to burn up with fever. I need you to heal him. God heals him. Okay, he's a healer, but he's also wanting me to grow in him and to touch, you know, to, to to trust him more. He healed my child because he loves him and wants him to be healed. But he let him get sick and healed him because he wants you to learn to trust him and call upon him. Okay, so that's the spiritual. Peter got it. He saw. He goes from a bunch of fish flopping around the bottom of the boat to, uh, to falling on his knees before the Lord at the feet of Jesus saying, I'm a sinner. I'm unclean. You're holy. He got and understood a lot in that moment that God showed him. And so it's exciting. And I was thinking about this, y'all. No one ever overcame by unbelief, did they? Now I'm going to be bringing this to a close. No one ever uh, wrought righteousness by unbelief. No one ever, as it says of those in Hebrews 11, out of weakness were made strong, turned to flight the armies of the aliens by faithlessness, did they? By faith, they overcame. By faith, they stopped the mouth of lions. Uh, nobody glorified the Lord by unbelief. And you're not going to, and I'm not going to glorify God through our unbelief. He can forgive us, okay? He can strengthen us. But we're not going to glorify God by him, him telling us to do something. We say, no, I'm too afraid to do that. Or I don't think that's going to work, Lord. Are you sure you got that right? I'm not going to do that. Uh, <clears throat> nobody glorifies God <clears throat> through our unbelief. Nobody ever lived a God-blessed life by failing to trust the Lord and His promises. Amen? Nobody experienced sweet and lasting and intimate fellowship with the God of the universe by fear and unbelief. Because whoever believes, the Bible says it's impossible to please Him without faith. We must believe He is and He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Nobody ever obtained a good report by unbelief. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. And the Bible says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I think about Jesus at Lazarus' tomb. He knows what He's about to do. He waited four days on purpose, the Bible tells us. He intentionally waited. It's good that we weren't there, disciples. He tells them, for the intent that you may believe. Alright? For the intent that you may believe. Because you've seen me heal people when you're getting ready to see something you hadn't seen. You're going to see me raise the dead. He didn't tell them that, but that's what he's about to do. And he told Mary and Martha, told, said I not unto thee, if, you would, if thou shouldest only believe, thou wouldst see the glory of God. Faith. Unbelievers don't get to be part of that. And, and me, even me as a Christian, when I fail to believe God, and yet my wife believes God, she gets to go be part of whatever God's about to do. 
and to really be part of it. And I was in unbelief and I did not trust God for that. He used my wife instead or someone else. You understand what I'm saying? It's not that God is all of a sudden through with me. I missed out though on what God wanted to do in and for and through my life had I trusted Him. Peter let down the nets and he got to be part of that miracle. And that miracle transformed his life. It touched him. And so God wants us to trust Him. <clears throat> and He wants to bring those miracles about. The Bible says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea. Israel did. As by dry land. Let me just imagine. By faith they passed through the Red Sea. As by dry land. Which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. You got the believers and the unbelievers. God parts the sea. They walk through. The Egyptians try to do it and they're drowned. But it says that they did it by faith. They passed through by faith. At least Moses had the faith and Joshua and Caleb to trust God for that. And, and it's a wonderful scripture. I'm just going to read it to you from Colossians 2.6. As ye therefore have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. As you've received Christ, walk in Him. How did you receive Christ? We received Him by faith, right? Nobody came up and said, you know, uh, you know, Katie, this is just Jesus. I'd like you to meet Him. And that y'all shook hands and, and talked for a while. Uh, we received Him by faith in His Word, in His Gospel, the Holy Spirit dealing with our hearts and revealing this truth to us. And so we received Christ by faith. And it says, as you have received Christ, so walk in Him. <laughs> Again, it's a walk of faith. It's every day. It's not faith just to be saved. It's faith to walk with God every day. And the good times and the bad times. And so, um, when it says walk, I looked it up. And these words seem so simple. Why would you look it up? I'm glad I did. Have you ever have received Christ, so walk in Him. And it says here, the word walk means to follow as a companion. So I receive Christ by faith. I'm going to walk with Christ by faith. I'm going to follow Him as a companion. It means to live. It means to be occupied with. Okay? Or to tread all around. This, this is not at all like the life that we lived before we knew Jesus. The Bible says we're in time past. You walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Again, the lost person has no clue. They don't get it. They don't understand why you are the way you are at work or at the family reunions and Christmas parties and they're lost and you're saved. They don't get it. They don't like it. They think you're off. They'd rather be some, around some other wicked people than the righteous. They just think you're so weird and can't figure you out. They don't see it. They don't understand. They can come to know the Lord just like you do and did <clears throat> but it's a walk <clears throat> and our walk is not like the walk we had before we're walking the light of his word we're walking the light of <clears throat> of christ and he's given us his word and we're walking by the power of the holy spirit the believer is now in christ and everything in this life is by him and in him and for him and through him it's a life of faith and all the promises of god that we apprehend we apprehend by faith. Everything God's promised, you say, I would sure like that in my life. Deeper walk with the Lord. Uh, stronger witness for Christ. 
uh, uh, I like my, there to be peace in my home and not arguing all the time with my spouse or my children. Everything we want that God's Word promises is apprehended in our lives by faith. That's how we get it. It comes from God. comes through the, through the power of the Holy Spirit is working in our lives. But it's by faith, not by unbelief. The just shall live by faith. I'll read a couple more quotes and we're about to bring this to a close. But um, there's a book that I was studying about all the doctrines of the Bible. And it's got a, a lot of people might just think it's boring, but I love it. I'll get into each each one, you know, atonement by the blood and the deity of Christ and so forth. Uh, he makes a point about faith here. He says, faith is vital for it leads the repentant soul to God. First to receive his forgiveness, or that's salvation, then to appropriate <clears throat> his resources for daily victory and holiness and inspiration for effective service. First to receive forgiveness, faith. And then to appropriate God's resources, the joy, the peace, the faith, the power, the wisdom uh, for daily victory and holiness and inspiration to effectively serve God. That's by faith in the Lord. The Bible says, therefore, it is by faith that it may be. It is a faith that it may be by grace. It is a faith that it may be by grace. And so I'm just going to ask this question. Do I believe him or not? Not only for salvation. I pray you do for salvation. But do I believe God or not? Do, will I believe him even now? Right now? In what you're going through right now today? Will you believe him now? Will I by faith in Christ respond in obedience to him and let down my net, so to speak, or step out of the boat like Peter did, or will, or not? Will I trust in what I believe to be true in my carnal reasoning, or will I trust in Almighty God, and thus saith the Lord who cannot lie? Everything in this life it will hinge on that. It really does. Everything, you're saved, you're going to heaven, praise God. But everything in your life, in your joy, in your victory, in your uh, growth in Christ, and your being the head and not the tail, everything in your overcoming is going to hinge upon our faith in God. Will I trust Him? Trust Him to obey Him? Or will I not? Every day. Thousands of decisions. And I tell you, it can become more of a pattern to walk by faith. I promise you. You failed, you failed, you failed. I failed, I failed, I failed to believe, I failed to trust, I failed to obey as a believer. God forgive me, God forgive me, God forgive me. He does every time. Okay? But He wants to get us to a place where this becomes the norm. I'm saying on this side would be letting down my net. This is, we've worked all night and taken nothing, but God said let down the net. What am I going to do? I can get more used to living here. And the more I trust God and I see, wow, Look at the catch of fish that we pulled up. That was amazing. I wouldn't trade that for anything. That was awesome. Okay? Then, then we want to trust Him for the next thing. We want to trust Him for the next thing. He helps us. It breathes more of itself. Faith begats faith. Trusting in God and seeing His faithfulness begats more faith and a faithful God. It's a wonderful thing. We have a sure word of prophecy, Peter said, in the Word of God. You and I can believe His Word. We can trust in Him. And that's how we're going to get from here to there. 
That's how he moves us along. And I'll just say this in closing. If, if our faith is weak, and I'll be the first to raise my hands, there are times when my faith is weak. There's times when I feel it's very strong. Okay? And wherever we are, God can <coughs> strengthen our faith. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Lord, I'm weak. I'm really weak. I'm ashamed to admit it. But God, I'm a preacher, and yet I'm weak in the faith right now. Go to God for that. <coughs> Lord, the disciples prayed. I know we've shared it. Increase our faith. We had all this lesson. Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Lord, increase. I promise you, if you say, Lord, strengthen my faith, He's not going to zap you with a magic wand and little pixie dust going around. He is going to send us to His Word to meditate on it and think. And then we look back at His faithfulness. And He uses that to strengthen us. And He's going to test us again. Okay, now today, you're too afraid to witness, but today I want you to open your mouth and I want you to hand, hand a track to the lady at Winn-Dixie at the checkout counter and ask her if she knows the Lord. And your heart's beating You've never done this. Or the last five times you tried and failed and you didn't do it. And you've asked God to forgive you five times. And He's, he's going to strengthen our faith. And He's going to set us back out there. And He's going to do it. And we're going to like, oh, thank you, Jesus. He helped me to do it. I gave the lady a trap. And, and I spoke up on, on the Lord's behalf. He helps us. Amen? He helps us. And as we draw closer to the Lord, our faith is going to grow. I want to close with this, y'all couple more quotes here that I had. God's eternal blessings do not depend on how you feel today. God's eternal blessings do not depend upon how you feel today. How do you feel today? You got a stomachache? You feel tired? You didn't get enough sleep last night? <clears throat> You're dreading tomorrow what's going to go on at work or school? Things haven't been going well? I'll pray for you. But none of that matters. None of that matters. God's eternal blessings... Do not depend on how you feel today. Even if I do not feel heavenly, my feelings in no way change my heavenly hope and prospect. I dare not relate even a fraction of my faith and hope to my emotions of the moment or how I feel today. My eternal hope depends on God's well-being or whether God Himself is able to make good on His promises. And about that, there can be no doubt. One more quote here. It is not the ability, faith is not the ability to persuade ourselves that black is white, that something we desire will come to pass if we only wish hard enough for it. Faith is simply bringing our minds into accordance with the truth. It is adjusting our expectations to the promises God of God in complete assurance that the God of the whole earth cannot lie. Amen. A promise is only as good as the one who made it, but it is as good. Isn't that wonderful? It is as good as the one who made it. And from this knowledge springs our assurance. By cultivating the knowledge of God, we at the same time cultivate our faith. It grows in the Lord. Grow in your relationship with God, and your faith in God is going to grow. Don't just say, I'm weak in faith, I'm weak in faith, poor me, I can't believe, I can't trust, I can't serve, I can't do anything, I can't have any peace at night and sleep because I don't have any faith. Go to God. Grow in your relationship with Him. And his, He's going to strengthen your faith. These altars are open. 
And I just want us to, we're going to have a wonderful day together. Those that can come, I pray you can come and eat with us and hang out at the fairgrounds uh, as soon as we leave here. But I want to take the time that we have now at the, some, to, to come to the altars and to call upon the Lord to trust God. I know that we need Him to strengthen our faith. I know we do. I know that I need Him to strengthen my faith. I want to thank Him for His faithfulness and for His promises that I can trust wholly upon Him and lean upon Him. So the altars are open. He's going to sing and, and play. Or you can meet with God at your chair. I pray you'd step out and meet with Him at this altar. But as you're coming, I want to read this from Hebrews chapter 4. Speaking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope. In other words, against what seemed, it seemed like there was no hope and he had all that opposing him. Against all that what seemed like this will never happen. You'll never have a son, Abraham. You'll never have a descendants like this sea on the uh, seashore, sand on the seashore, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken by God to him, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. What are we tempted to do when God tells us to do something or makes a promise that seems impossible? We look at the impossibilities of it rather than at God. But it says he didn't do that. He didn't look at them. He was 100 years old. His wife was 90. He didn't look at that. He didn't consider the deadness of her womb and him being 100 years old. Uh, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. That's faith. That's why I'm, we're still talking about Abraham today. It's because Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. The whole earth was blessed through Abraham's obedience. Jesus Christ came through that line of Abraham because he trusted God. Amen. So, Father, we just come before you this morning.